The Productive Woman, Episode 99. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my conversation with author and speaker Mary DeMuth, who shared her thoughts on both managing a busy life and on how our self-worth impacts our productivity. You'll find information about Mary, links to the tools she recommends, and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 99. This episode is brought to you by my The Productive Woman Mastermind Groups. Now, these are small groups of women who are committed to making a life that matters and to supporting and encouraging each other toward accomplishing their respective goals. These groups meet weekly via video conferences and share goals and wins and struggles and ideas for overcoming the obstacles that sometimes stand between us and the meaningfully productive lives we want. I'm starting new groups up in early September. I've had so much fun with the women who are in the current round of mastermind groups, really enjoying watching them develop relationships, support and encourage each other and make progress toward their own goals. So like I said, there's, I'm starting new groups in early September, shortly after Labor Day. And for the fall group only, the price will include a 30 minute one-on-one coaching call per month for any participant who wants it. Spaces are limited though. So if you're interested, email me now for more information and to get your name on the list as I start forming the group and getting things ready to kick off in early September. Would love to hear from you. Love to have you be part of it. Shoot me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com just to get more information. Look forward to talking with you and getting to know you a little better. And now let's get right into my conversation with Mary. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Mary DeMuth. Mary is an author of over 30 books. She's a sought-after speaker, and she's also a wife and mom. In addition to all of that, she's a fellow Texan and a busy woman like the rest of us, so I've been looking forward to talking with her about how she does what she does and why she does what she does. So welcome, Mary. Thanks so much. That was a great introduction. And I like the why she does what she does. I'm not sure I even know, but it's important to ask that question. Yeah, well, you know, I I think you have reasons for a lot of what you do. And it'll be fun to talk about some of that. I'm real interested in talking about some of the things you've been doing with your writing and speaking and some of the other things that you have going on. But before we get into that, can we talk a little bit about how you manage your own life? (laughs) Yes. Well, I now um, have all three kids graduated from high school. So I'm beginning this um, second stage of life where I have a little more time to myself. But even while they were in the house, uh, I work from home. So I've had to create systems and ways of doing things so that I could continue to just be productive. And and so that's what I've done over the past several years. I actually started writing in the 90s. And when my kids were sleeping or I forced them, I was a really mean mom, I forced them to have quiet time in their rooms. And so whenever 
they had quiet times, I was writing. And I spent that whole decade of the 90s just writing and writing and writing and writing and writing, trying to get, you know, kind of understand who my what my voice was and just becoming good at it and sending things in and getting lots of rejections. And, and so then I started to really work full time at this once my kids were all in elementary school and above. And that's when things started to turn around for me. But I'd already had like a whole decade of writing under my belt before I started going to conferences and pitching to major magazines and finding an agent and all of that. And so then when I started to publish books, I've been publishing about two to three books a year for the past decade or so. And that's when I, you know, just had to create time to write those things. Uh, Part of that time while I was publishing We lived in southern France and we were church planters in the south of France near Nice. And, you know, I was doing like seven jobs in addition to writing almost full time. So I had to learn how to squeeze every minute and every ounce of every day. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, I listened to your story before about your, you know, all those years that you wrote. So you were like a 10 year overnight success or something. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. So quick. (laughs) And so before we get into a little bit of what your systems are and how you, you know, manage those things, I always think it's helpful to give a little context so the listener knows you know, what your life is like now and how the systems apply. So can you give us just a brief summary of what a typical day might be like for you now that your kids are grown? And- sure, sure. So a typical day is waking up six or seven, depending on how good I am. And uh, then uh, usually some sort of like meditation or quiet and exercise. And then my best time to create as a creator is from about nine to 12. So I try to reserve those three hours as, you know, my most productive creative hours. Uh, I tend to do the Pomodoro method. So every 25 minutes I'll get up and I actually do have a tomato timer and I'll get up and walk around because I know that I've been on my behind way too much. And so I'll do that and then I'll have lunch. And then the afternoon typically is for less creative pursuits. So I'll be doing more marketing and things that don't matter as much to have my fresh mind. Although sometimes lately I've had to be, I was writing a book in a month and a half. And so every waking moment I had something to do even into the evening. But typically I'll end around five, make dinner. And I hope that my hope then is that I turn the computer off and I don't have any more you know, connection to the computer until the next morning, because my mind, I'm, I'm a terrible insomniac. And if I don't disengage far before bed, I will never sleep. Yeah, I have a similar issue. And it's I've let myself work too late, you know, because I go to the office during the day, and then I come back and try to work on podcast things and my my own writing and some of the other stuff that I'm doing. And if I disregarded that very thing that you were talking about and worked right up until I really had to go to bed, and then I just lie there awake thinking about whatever it was I was just doing. So not, not good for me. No, not good for me either. Yeah. So you've got a pretty productive schedule put together for yourself. Everybody's life is a little bit different. We all have different challenges that we face in terms of trying to manage our lives. For some people, 
they're prone to clutter or having too much stuff and they have trouble organizing their stuff. Other people have trouble managing their time or saying no or different things. What would you say your particular struggles have been over time in managing your time in your life and all of those things and getting the things done that you need and want to do? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm actually very hyper vigilant about doing things. And so when I was in that 10 years of apprenticeship, I would create deadlines for myself that didn't exist, but I just pretended they existed. And then I would meet them before. So I trained myself to have projects and completing them early. And so now when I have a book deadline, I always meet the deadline early. In fact, I get there before the deadline. So I guess the one thing I'm saying is that's not my struggle. I get a lot of things done. The problem is, is I put too many things on my plate and I say yes to too much and then I get, you know, really overwhelmed. I will still get them done because I'm so type A and unfortunately think my worth sometimes is tied to my productivity. So my issue is saying no and to really discern what the best is for me and what my best self would be in going forward. So for instance, uh, I'm working on a side business right now and I'm really thinking about whether it's the right thing to do. I'm pretty sure it is because as a writer, as a creative, I have a very hard time making money. And so this side business of mentoring others, I'm hoping to be mentoring people who have books and helping them launch their books. So that's my business that will be coming I'm really excited about it, but I worry a little bit about it too, because I also have book deadlines and I speak on the weekends and all of that. But as an entrepreneur, I need a steady stream of income. And so that's my way of doing it. But I worry a little bit about my time and my abilities. Yeah. And that's, I feel you. I I mean, (laughs) I'm there because I've got a full-time law practice. So our, you know, our days are different, but we both have kind of the main thing that we do. Mine is at an office practicing law, but I'm also trying to develop new ways of serving the community of, of women, mostly women. There are some men mm-hmm. uh, who listen to the podcast and, you know, I've launched mastermind groups that I facilitate and doing some other things. And it's a challenge. It's, it's when, especially when you're trying to start something new, uh, it takes more time and more thought so mm-hmm. I, I totally get how that could be a, a little nervous making. I also get the income situation <laughs> and that, you know, those of us who want to do something creative also need to eat. <laughs> yes. I really like eating. Yeah. And you're a great cook too. That's, I, I mean, I see all the photos that you put on Facebook and in various social media sites. And I always think I need to go eat it. Mary's house. You do need to come eat at my house. Someone tweeted me yesterday. She's like, did you make that or did you hire someone or something? Like, no, I made it myself. But that's part of the way I've been made. I'm, I'm a creator. I'm creative. And part of me creating is creating great food. And it's just something I really enjoy doing. So I've never really dropped that part of my life. Well, and you know, we need to make that time for those things that give us joy. Yes, exactly. That are part of who we are. It's uh, easy for, I think, 
lots of people, but particularly women, I think we can get very focused on the commitments and our obligations and forget to carve out that time that we need for whatever restores us, for whatever right. make you know brings us joy. And you know that's just as valid as the things that make us money. It's nice if the two can intersect, but <laughs> super nice. <laughs> that always happen. But yeah, but if it doesn't, there's still a, some real value and in, in a real important to to make the time for those things that make us happy. So in trying to juggle all these things, or and I know, or I think I know from, because I've read a lot of the materials that you write, that it's very important to you to be uh, spending your time doing the right things and not get too hung up in busy, busy, busy. So in trying to find that balance and make the time for the things that you need and want to do, are there particular tools that you like to use or resources that you recommend that have helped you in that process? Yeah, I mentioned the Pomodoro method. So that has helped me stay productive. And there's something about personally for me, I like the tick, 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 tick. It's like, it feels like a time bomb about ready to go off. And I'm so competitive. So (laughs) that makes me happy. I'm super weird that way. But uh, I also am very tactile. I love to create art on the side. And so I tried online and just computer-based to-do lists and it just flat out did not work for me. So I've just got a moleskin and every day, actually the Sunday before I start my work week and maybe even before that, I write down the tasks that I need to do every day and I've get so much more satisfaction in taking a pen, physically Xing out the thing that I did than if I put a little check mark on a computer. So the tactile part of me needs something physical like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still on like Google Calendar and things like that. So when I'm traveling, I can get that all done and uh, know if I have an obligation, except for this weekend when I missed my appointment with you because I turned <laughs> my computer off during the weekend. No worries. Um, But other than that, uh, yeah, so a physical calendar. And one thing that's helped me as a writer is having word count goals. And so I will have, like, when I'm writing a nonfiction book, it can be up to 2,000 words a day, which is 10,000 words a week, which gives you a book in about five weeks. When I'm writing fiction, it can be about the same, but fiction is, um, is a crazy beast. And it requires more creativity. So sometimes I can't necessarily meet a 2000 word count a day, but I could easily reach a thousand. And so those are the first blocks of my day is getting that creative part done. And then I'll, I'll get all the other stuff done. And another side that kind of relates to your question, but also relates to anyone that has a product is you think that when you write a book, that you've done all the work, but then you have to go through the editing process and you think, okay, now I've done all the work, but actually half of your work is done. Mm. The promotion of the product takes almost as much time as creating the product itself. And that has been something that I've learned in the past couple of years where I've had to schedule time to promote. And as someone who doesn't really like to promote, this has been a little bit excruciating for me. I'd rather just be like, la, 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 create, create, create. I don't like to tell people to buy my stuff, but it's important. And that's been part of my journey of, you know, writing physical things down. And some of those physical things down every single day involves promotion. 
Yeah, I think that's hard for a lot of us that want to do things. I, I know I struggle with it, and I've you know had conversations. I've been uh, working with a business coach for the last few weeks, uh, and she kind of gets after me because my tendency for the things that I am creating, or the, whether it's a product or a service that I'm trying to come up with, my heart is to serve the women who listen to this show. And so I'd like to just it, it's really hard for me to a charge money for it and b mm-hmm. ask them to pay for it. But I also like you. I not only like to eat, but we all need to eat, and it costs money to produce the stuff that we do. Exactly. Um, and so, the whole marketing and promotion part of it is. I loved your word excruciating. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I've, I have a podcast now. It's called The Restory Show. And I'm basically, like you said, I'm basically giving it away to people, yeah. but it costs money to produce. And so I, I may be doing, I have some advertising on there, but it's not really working. And so I'll probably do a Patreon or something like that just because I, I hate to lose money every month on something. Um, and I know it's bringing value to people, but still there's that feeling of, you know, I just want to be a servant. I want to love my audience. I want to change the landscape of their lives, but that does take money. And my husband's been out of work since January. He just got a job last week and we are so grateful for that. But for six months, we were on what we called austerity measures. And so I had to look at every bit of my budget and any bit of my energy and had to fully focus it on being able to pay the bills. And that was not very much fun, but it was necessary and it was a good autocorrect for us as well. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, I've been kind of watching and keeping you guys in my prayers because I, <laughs> I know how frightening and, and uh, you know, that that's when you sort of find out what you believe. True. <laughs> yes. And we are so grateful to have a job now, but yeah. man, that was six months of fear. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, and on the issue of fear and, you know, we've been talking about how difficult it is for us to promote the things that we do. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about, I've read a bunch of your books and I'll put links uh, in the show notes for this episode into to your website where people can find some of the things you write the most beautiful and poignant and powerful fiction. Mm, um, and uh, I, I envy your kind of what I call a very lyrical style, because I'm very prosaic in the way I write. And I just know that about myself. And But I, I love uh, the way you write. But you also write a fair amount of nonfiction that is very powerful and very personal. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of getting to read before it was published, I think it's still your most recent book, Worth Living. Yes, it's the most recent. That's the one that came out not too long ago. And it was one of those that I read nodding a lot, <laughs> thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I've been there. I feel that. And uh, laughing in a couple places, but also crying in some <laughs> places as I read. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> up your makeup. Yeah. But, you know, what this book is all about is so, I think, very relevant. You come at it from your perspective as a Christian who your faith is very much informs this, your writing in all areas, and including this book. But it's very valid to anybody, whatever their faith tradition, because you talk about something that we I really touch on a lot on this show, 
about how we as women often struggle to be okay with what we're doing and how we're doing it and how we measure up against what, what we perceive to be going on around us. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, because I know you've thought about this a lot and written about it, is if you have any thoughts on why we as women in particular get so hung up on our perceptions of what other people think of us or expect mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, I think that boils down to insecurity. Mm-hmm. And um, when we are insecure, instead of feeling safe in ourselves, we look around at everyone else and we start to get conspiratorial mm-hmm. and think that everyone thinks all these things. When in reality, everyone is super selfish. And so they're just thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about us, but yeah. we somehow think that they are because we're selfish and we're <laughs> thinking the whole world revolves around us. But on the other hand, we think it doesn't revolve around us because we have these insecurities. And one of the things that I learned early on in my writing career was a friend of mine in the publishing industry. He was an agent, still is an agent. And he said uh, these words to me and he said, you know, Mary, publishing doesn't validate your life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such a nice saying. And and I it, secretly to myself, I thought it would sure feel nice if I were published and I have have this feeling that once I sign that contract and I hold that book in my hand, my life will finally be validated. And, you know, your listeners can substitute anything in there once they pass the bar, once they, you know, um, you know, finally launch that podcast or whatever it is that they're looking forward to, you know, that great promotion, whatever it is, they'll think, okay, that's the thing. That thing outside of myself is going to validate my life. And I realized I was still stuck with myself once I held my book in my hand (laughs) and Unfortunately for an achiever like me, so my strengths finder, number one was achiever, the surprise, surprise. Uh, for an achiever, what happens when you achieve something is you never stop and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're standing in front of a mountain range of progressively larger mountains and you climb the first one at 5,000 feet and you think, you don't think anything. You're like, oh, that was great. I'm going on to 6,000. So you climb the next one and then you keep going up to 14, 15,000 and then your you know, oxygen gets low and you have a headache and all that. But you keep going to the next mountain, but you keep hoping there's another mountain because you can't stop. Yeah. Your um, worth is validated by what you create and it is a treadmill that you can never get off of. Yeah. And I- so I've had to learn that about myself. It's so interesting. Just this weekend, um, we had, uh, I, I think I mentioned, I've launched some Productive Woman Mastermind groups that I facilitate. And it's just been such a great experience getting to know these women and watching the relationships between them develop and and helping them sort of watching them help each other uh, and encourage each other on their various journeys. But one of the women in one of this week's groups was talking about one of the things she wants to do is to go back to school. And she has recently been promoted. And so she has this goal to go back to school and get a degree because she's been very successful in her uh, career, but she doesn't have a degree. And she feels like she needs that to validate uh, her skills and everything. And, you know, we had a conversation about that, the the whole group, but my contribution to that was, if you think that you will feel differently when you get that degree, I'm here to tell you, I have a law degree from an Ivy League law school, and I still feel like a fraud as a lawyer. 
Hmm. I've done very well. Uh, having that piece of paper won't change anything. The change has to come from within. And so it's, it's you know, very much relevant to what you were just saying. I think we all, there's that tendency to look out there and think, you know, if that guy will fall in love with me and ask me to marry him, I'll be happy. Or if I lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever, I'll be happy. Or if I get this degree or that promotion or that accomplishment, I will finally be happy. And it doesn't work. No, it like I said, it's a treadmill. And there's always something up ahead that you think, okay, I got that, but it doesn't satisfy you. So you run to the next thing. Okay, I've got that. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm 31 books later. So, uh, you know, <laughs> if it's still a struggle now, then publishing is obviously not going to validate my life. And as I get older and as I grow, I think it's less and less that I need that validation. Um, I'm beginning to see that it's okay uh, just to just do your life well and to love the people in your life very well and to pour your life into other people, that that's actually where the greatest joy is going to come. And I view my work that way. I view my writing and my speaking that way as pouring into people, particularly my nonfiction. And so it, it is accomplishing something out there and it is doing what it's supposed to do. And so there, I think the key for that in learning to have, to be okay is contentment and gratitude contentment, meaning I'm no matter if there are loose ends in my life right now, I will choose to be content, which is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I can choose to list 28 things right now very quickly that would tell you that I'm so grateful about them. And when I live in that art and arc of gratitude, uh, then this idea of significance, uh, it pales in comparison to the fact that I've been blessed with so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, what you were just describing made me think of uh, an exercise that I heard about on uh, another podcast that I really, really like, and uh, I've mentioned it on the show before, but there's a, a woman named Brooke Castillo who has a podcast. Um, it's called the Life Coach School Podcast. But one of the th- she talks a lot about this idea that your value or your satisfaction, your happiness, whatever, is never going to come from outside you. And she mm-hmm. talks about this idea of the things that we want and thinking that if we get these things that it'll make us happy. And one of the exercises she encourages people to do in one of her episodes was make a list of 20 things you want. And at least every other one has to be something you already have. Mm. So, for instance, I want to be married to Mike McClellan and I am. <laughs> Yay. You know, I, I want to have healthy, happy, grown children who are contributing to the world. And I do. And I want to go to Europe for a year. I haven't done that yet. But, you know, but it's such an important concept that you were just talking about, of being grateful, of recognizing the blessings that we have. And for those of us who, you know, for, for people of faith, it's recognizing and being grateful for the love and the mercy of God, mm-hmm. you know? That makes all the difference when we can finally grasp that. There's so much that we could talk about on this, but that would be another show. I would encourage listeners to check out your your newest book. It's called Worth Living by Mary DeMuth, and I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Uh, but before we wrap up, I always I ask every guest uh, one particular question because I learned something from every guest's answer. 
And this is the question. With all the systems you have in place and the things you've learned over the years about managing your life and and making a life that's worthwhile, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? (laughs) And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, yes. So I never have those days. I'm perfect in all my ways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then. Uh, yeah, no, um, no, that definitely happens. And li- because life interrupts. And what I've been learning lately is to be generous with myself. Mm. And to think about how what would I say to Laura McClellan if she came to me and she said, I just this day got away from me and nothing got done. And I just feel like a big loser and whatever. I would say, Laura, that's ridiculous. You're awesome. And just give yourself some grace. And tomorrow, it'll be a new day, the sun comes up and you can start again and nothing is wasted. And who has the divine to do list in the sky? Anyway, no one does. So it doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you didn't get stuff done. But that's okay. Dust yourself off, go on to the next day. So that's what I would say to you. To myself, I'll say, you idiot, why did you why did you let things get away from you? Or everything is lost and all is terrible, you know, real black and white, negative. And so I'm learning to go outside of myself, look at me as if I'm some other nice person, and be kind to her. Mm-hmm. And I learn so much more through grace than I do through shame. And I am so much more productive when I'm kind to myself versus when I rail against myself. And so, you know, it may help listeners to say, okay, if you're being mean to yourself in your head, just pretend you're somebody else. Go outside of yourself and look at her. Tell her she's pretty. Tell her she's awesome. Tell her she's smart. And just do what you would do for a best friend. And that, I think, is a better way for me to look at it. Wow, I think, you know, that is so wise. And so, in other words, talk to yourself like you would talk to somebody you like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, we, we, be mean to her. She's yeah, nice. Yeah, we like her. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that that's such a good reminder for all of us. What is on the horizon for you, Mary? You've, you've come out with Worth Living earlier this year. What's up in terms of whether it's books or speaking stuff? I know you've got a conference you're putting together. Yes, I'm so excited about that. So last summer, I used to be, my, my uh, website was uncaged, which was great. It made a lot of sense. But then I really felt a shift, and the shift was to the word restory. And from that came the Restory podcast or the Restory show. And after that, my whole website has changed. So you'll see the whole Restory mes- message. And then um, we crowdfunded a conference that will be uh, this September at Lake Point Church in Rockwall, Texas. And it is just a one day short like morning on how to restore your life. And it's not just about how to be healed from the past, but it's about how to be healed from the past with a so what, so that you can go out and change the world. And I have found that the places where we are the most broken are the places where we inevitably bring the most change in the world. And so that's been, that's what I've been working on that. And then um, also just working on getting more speaking because I, as a writer, I have found that, Writing is extremely important to me and very creative, but I don't get feedback right away. Whereas in speaking, I can be in front of an audience and I can see somebody's face. 
I can talk to them afterwards. And there's so much more joy that comes to me when I have immediate feedback on a message that I've been preparing for a long time. So I'm working more on getting my face in front of more folks just for the sake of helping them and for me to have more interaction with human beings instead of a pixel and a screen. And I have heard you speak, and I know you always bring such wisdom and such insight. And so I'm glad to hear you're working on doing more of that. Does the conference have a website yet, or is there just information about it on your website? It's just on mine right now, but people can register for it at lakepoint.org forward slash restory. Okay. That's R-E-S-T-O-R-Y, like a story. All right. And where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about what you're doing or just touch base with you? How do they find you? Uh, Yeah, they can find me at marydemuth.com. And um, one of the things that is on the very top of my website right now for listeners is a free uh, download of 10 lies and 10 truths that we believe about ourselves. And so there's Mm -hmm. these cards they can print off. It's at the very top of marydemuth.com. Very good. And and, uh, I will put a link to that in the show notes. Before we wrap up, this podcast is all about uh, its whole purpose for being is to give listeners the, the tools and encouragement they need to accomplish the things that they care about and make a life that matters. Mm. And so would you have any last words for a listener who might be maybe struggling a little bit or looking for uh, just a little bit of advice or encouragement about how to do that, how to make a life that matters? I think for me, it involves painting a picture with words. And I guess that makes sense as a writer. But I will sometimes when things get chaotic and out of control, or things aren't going the way I want them to, I'll just sit down and write out what I would like to see happen in my life. Mm -hmm. And what an ideal day would look like or an ideal life would look like, and then begin to kind of work my way toward it. Understanding that there's serendipity and things change and you know, people do things that, you know, maybe derail you or whatever. But uh, I was, I read a book about, I can't even remember the title now, but it was about the importance of writing things down. And I remember one of the things I wrote down after I read that book was I really wanted a tattoo and, and I was so terrified about it. And I wrote it down and within a month I had one. And it, there's just something very powerful about writing down what you would like to see happen in your life. I think that's great advice, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you so much, Mary, for taking the time to talk with me today and share your insight with the Productive Woman listeners. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate Mary taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her busy life, but also for her great suggestions and the very encouraging words she offered for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Mary? Was there anything she said that particularly resonated with you that you would like to give some feedback on? Would love to hear from you. I know Mary would as well. Please feel free to ask your questions or share your thoughts by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 99, and you can scroll down to the comment section and leave your comment there. Or you can go to the Facebook page or the brand new Productive Woman Facebook group Uh, the community group, and leave your comments there. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can click on the button either on the website or the Facebook page and leave a voice message right from your phone or your computer. Would love to hear from you. 
If you're enjoying the show, as always, I I would ask you to consider helping me spread the word and grow the community. There are a couple of different ways you can do that. First of all, tell a friend. You may know someone who would enjoy this episode, the conversation that I had with Mary or previous episodes. Tell that friend, uh, show her or him how to subscribe and to become part of the community and hear about that. You can also share any episode easily on your own social media channels. There are sharing buttons for Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, and LinkedIn, and some others in the show notes at the top for every episode, not just the newest. So if there's an episode you particularly like, you can just click that button and very quickly share the little picture and a description of it to your own social media channels. And finally, I would always appreciate if you haven't done so already that if you'd consider leaving a review of the show on uh, iTunes or in Stitcher. You can find the links to do that in the show notes. And again, those are found at theproductivewoman.com slash 99. I have some things in the works that I think you're going to be interested in. I'd like to be able to keep in touch with you and keep you updated as things are going along. So if you're not already on my email list, would you consider going to the site and signing up? There's a button kind of on the homepage in the upper right corner. Currently, I think the button says download my toolbox. That may change, but in either way, you click on that and you can get the free downloadable list of the digital tools I use. And that will add you to the mailing list so that when I start very soon to share an occasional newsletter with updates on things that are happening, you'll be in that first group to know there are going to be things going out to people on the email list that I'm not going to be publishing anywhere else. So I'd love to have you be part of that. Uh, So again, you can either click on the button there, or if if you prefer, you can just send me an email at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and say, please add me to your email list. I promise I'm not going to flood your inbox with emails, but it's just a way for me to communicate with you when things come up that I think you might be interested in. I have, as I've said before, been looking for ways to connect with you more directly you know, I love talking to you doing the episodes, but I'd love to have a little more back and forth and be able to communicate with you directly. And so at the suggestion of some listeners and some other people that I know, I have now created a Facebook group for the Productive Woman listeners. This is a place where we can meet up and interact more, directly communicate with not just me and you, but the community of women who listen to the Productive Woman and who are interested in those you know, that journey toward building a productive life. And so we can ask questions, get insight from the community, share articles that we find that are interesting, that sort of thing, anything related toward productivity and making a life that matters. If you are interested, and I hope you are, uh, you can email me and I'll, uh, you know, I can add you or you can go look for the Productive Woman Community on Facebook. I think it's like facebook.com slash groups slash the productive woman community. And you'll find it there and you can click on the button. I also put in an announcement on the Facebook page. Either way, you just click to ask to be added and I will add you and you can be part of the conversation. So we'd love to hear from you and have you be part of that. I think that's it for this episode of the productive woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Mary. I hope that you were as encouraged as I was. I hope there was something in this episode that was helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.
The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.